0: I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Welcome into another post-game edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Ball and the Hootball Podcast Network. Your Sacramento Kings get a Tuesday night victory at the Golden 1 Center of the Portland Trail Blazers, 107-99. The Kings now 4-1 in their last five games after an 0-5 start, 4-6 overall as the Blazers Move to four and seven. Obviously, some things have changed in the kingdom since the last time we spoke. We found out yesterday De'Aaron Fox suffered a grade three ankle sprain. He's out the next three to four weeks. He's going to be reevaluated at that point and hopefully he'll get the nod to return. If not, the Kings could be without him for the foreseeable future. They're going to be without Marvin Bagley at least for the next two weeks. So this Uh, This was the first game in which there was no De'Aaron Fox, there was no Marvin Bagley, uh, and there were a couple of players that stepped up big in their absence, and I think most notably, it it was kind of a constant struggle with me as I was watching this game, I was truly trying to figure out what was going on with the Portland Trailblazers. I was trying to look at the Portland Trailblazers, I was trying to look at the game overall and think, well, it appears that the... Blazers are just throwing the ball all over the place. Like they look like an absolute mess here, particularly to start the game in the first quarter. I think there were, there were eight turnovers in the first quarter alone for the Portland trail Blazers. The Kings were shooting terribly. This was not a very enjoyable game to watch until the third quarter. And we'll get to that here in a minute. But as the game started, it was like, Oh, this is tough to watch. This looks like two bad basketball teams, just playing bad basketball. And for the Kings, you felt like, okay, you, you kind of had to expect this a little bit. You you had to figure out they're going to try to get their footing. Corey Joseph is now in the starting lineup. He's an entirely different type of point guard than De'Aaron Fox is. I think De'Aaron Fox is not just very unique to the Sacramento Kings. I think he's very unique to the NBA. So it's going to take the Kings some time to adjust. It's going to take some different players some time to adjust. It's going to take Luke Walton time to adjust and to figure out of what he's going to do with his lineups, what he's going to do with that point guard position uh, without De'Aaron Fox around. And we spent some time uh, on my daily podcast, uh, the podcast with Damian Barling, available on these uh, same podcast networks that you're listening to this one on. We we speculated, are we going to see Bogdan Bogdanovich carry the ball a lot? Are we going to see Bogdan Bogdanovich stay on the bench to carry the load of, of scoring coming from them? Are we going to see Corey Joseph? Or are we going to see more minutes from Yogi Ferrell? And there was a point until late in the third that I was convinced Luke Walton hated Yogi Farrell. And I was trying to figure out like, what did Luke, what did Yogi Farrell do that Luke Walton hates him? Now I'm convinced that Luke Walton doesn't hate him. He just doesn't like him. Cause I keep looking at this game. Like, why isn't Yogi Farrell getting more run? I thought when he, and he got a good stretch in at the time that I was trying to form a, a Yogi Farrell thesis, he hadn't played very many minutes. And in the minutes that he played, I thought that he was effective. Uh, And then we saw the stretch at the end of the third quarter and into the fourth, uh, that he was very effective and he got a decent little run there. But it was a rough game to start. And it was kind of a good news, bad news situation for the Kings. Bad news is the Kings were a massive disaster to start this game. And I know every Kings fan was watching it like, oh my gosh, this is life without De'Aaron Fox. This is what we're headed towards. Like, are we looking at... Are we looking at another two weeks of this? Like, is Marvin Bagley going to be able to pick things up? Is he going to be able to pick this team up when he returns? Are we looking at this for another potentially three weeks or four weeks or maybe even longer? Yeah, but the good news is the Trailblazers, they were a near equal level of disaster to start the game. And as I said, if you were sitting around watching the first quarter of this game, it was barfest. Like, it was awful. I think it was 24 to 21. It, it just, it, it was not good. The Kings were 4 of 20 at one point. They were 4 of 20 at the f- from the field. Then they went on a 12 to 2 run. For reasons known only to Buddy Heald, he was wearing a headband. And I don't know if that was some sort of like solidarity thing with De'Aaron Fox. I, I don't know if he was just trying something new, but for some reason, he started the game with a headband on and it was going awful and he ripped that thing off and and threw it to the bench and then I don't know call it coincidence you can call it whatever you want to he finally started hitting some outside shots I think at that point he had made one field goal and it was a dunk uh, then the outside shot started falling uh, for him uh, a little bit as, as as the game went along not your uh, traditional buddy healed game if you will uh, but he hit baskets when it mattered and that that kind of is what what he is for this team, uh, he's a guy who can shoot. He's a guy who can hit baskets, and he can hit baskets uh, when they matter the most. But you look at the Kings, you look at that first quarter, and it's you know it's a small miracle that they scored 21 points the way that they were shooting. Again, they were four of 20 at one point. It's a small miracle that they were that they scored 21 points. It's like a part the Red Seas miracle that they were only down three. That's not just. Uh, uh, that's not a testament to the luck that the Sacramento Kings had on their side. At, at first I was like, Oh man, the blazers are playing terrible. Like the Kings are really, really fortunate. You know, if, if if they could just string together a couple of made baskets, they could be in this game all the way until the end. And then it wasn't until it actually wasn't even in the second quarter. No, we saw Harry Giles check in with about 10:45 to go. Uh, it was his second game action. It was his first appearance uh, in front of the fans at the Golden 1 Center. Of course, they gave him a big standing ovation. Uh, Kings, they were down by four. Again, the 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 lead kind of just fluctuated throughout most of the first quarter. Uh, they were down four with two minutes left. I made a note here. I don't know how many of you have noticed this, or, or maybe it's, it's my imagination. It seems like bogey head fakes a lot on shots or pump fakes. And... You know, players do that with the intention of, I've got a difficult shot here, pump fake, head fake, and I'm going to get an easier one. I feel sometimes with Bogey, like he passes on the easier shot and takes the more difficult one. And we've seen plenty of times in Bogey's time with the Sacramento Kings that he'll do that and he'll actually make the difficult one. But that caught my attention for whatever reason there with a couple of minutes left in the second quarter. He passed on an open three, you know, did a head fake, kind of stepped to the side, the defender completely regrouped, and he wound up taking a really, really difficult, almost falling away three that was nowhere near uh, the basket. And as bad as it was, as bad as the second quarter was, as bad as the first quarter was, as bad as everything it felt like the Sacramento Kings were doing, they only trailed by three at the half. Bogey really kept a minute. He had 15 points coming off the bench. Uh, the Kings were 18 uh, for 49 at the half. Bogey, Belly, and Buddy were 14 of 32. I did the math for you, which I normally don't like to do, but that puts everyone else at four of seventeen. So then the third quarter came, and this is where this is where I realized I was wrong about the Portland Trailblazers. The Kings started the second half on a fourteen to two run. They took a nine point lead, and I just was looking like Portland. They've they have just been throwing the ball all over the place here. It really threw the first three quarters of this game, but it was very noticeable in the third quarter. And as you're watching this, you're going, wait a minute. This is Sacramento's defense. Like, the Kings are doing something here. And you saw them applying just relentless pressure, particularly on Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. They recall what happened to them the last time they played the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum they made life miserable for them in the third quarter. It was the third quarter that really opened things up the last time that the Kings and the Trailblazers played each other. And the Kings came out with a defensive intensity. Now, to be fair, I think they had that defensive intensity uh, through the whole game, which was why Portland was struggling the way that they were. But they really came out uh, hitting on on all cylinders on both sides of the ball in that third quarter. They had arguably, or maybe not even arguably, they had their best defensive quarter of the year in the third quarter against the Trailblazers. And it doesn't hurt uh, that they were able to knock down a couple of baskets along the way. Uh, that defense was creating offense. Now, we don't have the you know, the the speed up and down the court team that we had last year. Obviously, you're not going to have that a- a- at all with De'Aaron Fox, but the way that they were f- without De'Aaron Fox, but the way that they were forcing turnovers and the way that they were pressuring the Portland Trailblazers... They were able to get a, a, a high volume of shots and they were able to get 35 points up in that third quarter. And it was the, the the final tally for that third quarter was 35 to 21. And even that in and of itself is a bit deceitful because Portland was make, they were doing everything they could to get baskets there in the final seconds, which they ultimately did. I think they scored six points in the final 20 some odd seconds. So the, the the 35 to 21 really isn't even truly it's not really truly indicative of how dominant the kings were in that quarter and the dominance that 35 points it looks really sexy in the box score and when this game as long as is long you know forgotten you'll think oh yeah kings put up some good points there it was the kings defense in that third quarter uh, that one opened this game up uh, and two really started to change my okay this is this is what Luke Walton was talking about. When I got agitated over and over and over again listening to Luke Walton talk about, well, this is the, you know, we're making progress in practice and we want you all to be patient. The patience wasn't coming from, you know, the pace. The patience wasn't coming from what everybody is clinging to from last year. The identity that the Sacramento Kings had last year, it's not here. And I don't think it's going to be here. It's certainly not going to be here for the next two to four three or four weeks or however long De'Aaron Fox winds up being out. It's not going to be here for that because you can't have that type of identity. You can't have a speed identity without De'Aaron Fox out there on the floor. Luke Walton, I think, is trying to establish an identity of defense. And we've seen, we've seen through stretches, quarters, I wouldn't go so far as to say we've seen a full half of really good defense. We've seen improvement on the defensive end uh, through various stretches. Uh, they had a, a tremendous run there against Denver, uh, a tremendous run against Toronto where they played really good defense. Uh, let's head out to Luke Walton and see what he had to say after the Kings go to four and six on the season.
1: Um, every day since day one of training camp, and um, the first two minute needs to get a lot better. But that's, what, I mean, that's why not only tonight, I feel like slowly, um, even if our numbers haven't really shown it, Guys are starting to understand and, and really um, make you know make steps as far as individual defense and team defense. And tonight, you know, we started the game. We couldn't make we couldn't make anything. Um, great shooters, wide open shots, and that's why defense is important. And I thought Corey did an unbelievable job. He was over five for most of the game, but he was he was everywhere. Um, Rashawn Holmes, what he was doing to try to. Uh, not let Lillard get any open threes is really hard for a big man to do, and he was excellent at it all night. I thought Belly and Bogey uh, both had great games. Yogi was ready to go, um, but we set—you know—we set at least a competitive. Every night won't go like that, but the the competitive level that we played with on the defensive end tonight, that needs to be a steady constant for us. Um, and it was good to see the team be able to rely on the defense to win against a very, their record might not be great, but that's a very good basketball team over there. I can hear you. Katie Hunter, Kings TV. Um Defense, obviously, you expend a tremendous amount of energy, especially at this level. Is it easier for you to preach it and, and have them buy into it when it produces the ease on offense that we saw tonight? Um, th- yeah, I think it helps when guys experience that, when they see what defense can do, um, especially when a team's been a bad defensive team you know. It, 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 th- there's habits that ne- we need to continue to, to break and work on um, but what else what al- also helps is having guys like Trevor, guys like Corey guys like Harrison in practice every day you know we'll, it's one thing for coaches to stay on players every you know all the time um, you know but for example the other day someone I won't call anyone out doesn't box out at the end of a drill and Trevor snaps on him you know says we're three and six we don't think we have to box you know want to use different language than that but when we have vets that have won championships that are reinforcing the same idea I think that uh, that gets through the to the team a little bit too Bogey tonight not only scoring the way he did but the ten assists what did you see from him in terms of how he ran the the club yeah it was what we we need out of him um you know we 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 always want that out of him, playmaking and scoring. Um, but with with Fox out for a while, we really need it out of you know we need that type of play from him. But I thought what got him going tonight was his defense. Uh, going back to it again, he he was in there getting deflections. He was coming off the the weak side, and he's got great basketball instincts. He's got really long arms. And, uh, you know, I thought him activating himself and getting getting himself into the game on that end really kind of just let him fall into a nice groove.
0: Luke, Sean Cunningham, ABC10. When you talked about that slow start, what do you attribute it to for them all of a sudden kind of just turning it around? I mean, obviously there was defense, but I know it's a small sample size, but we've seen moments where they kind of sulk and go the other way when the ball's not falling.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, it's what I keep, you know, we've we seen it with this team. Um And we're getting better, and it's, you know, it was a great win for us, but, you know, it's going to be tough nights, and we got a long way to go, and we know that. Um, But it shows that the team is growing, uh, that the team trusts each other as as a group, and, um, you know... Something that would have affected us early in the season and turned into a 20-point first-quarter deficit, we we stayed steady and we stayed in the moment. We talk about that all the time. Next possession, what are we going to do on this possession? And our guys are getting getting better at it. Luke, there in the in the third quarter, you guys have struggled all year in the third, but I uh, we're a third-quarter team. team. I don't yeah. know if you knew that we were. It seems like you guys went at them in the third quarter, especially you got to the free throw line. Harrison Barnes got to the free throw line a lot. Uh, What was it that was different there that you saw? Great halftime speech. Um, No, nothing. Honestly, we haven't even talked about it. You know, To me, part of the problem was everyone uh, was making such a big deal about our third quarters that it kind of started putting pressure on us as a team. So we, we made a point not even to talk about it. We made a point to get them out earlier so that they can handle their business as professionals, but... Um, Nothing different, just, you know, got, they came out and uh, and and we were the aggressors in that third quarter. And that's kind of where we, we. Uh, to me, I feel like we, we won the game and at least got ourselves, put ourselves in a great position to win that game.
0: Luke, okay. Jason Anderson, Sacramento Bee. Um I don't have the number right in front of me, but the rebounding advantage for you in the third period was, was significant. Was that a, a point of emphasis coming out of the, the locker room?
1: It, 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 yeah and it has been since early i mean we, we went to india and indiana beat us up all over the board so that's been one of the constants uh if you want to be a good defensive team if you want to be a good team in general you have to be able to rebound the basketball finish possession so
0: we're gonna leave luke walton right there as he's talking about rebounding i absolutely love i, I feel like the opening part of the press conference was actually catered to us As we were just talking about uh, the the defense, he actually addressed a couple of things that we've already talked about here on this podcast. He talked about uh, the, the identity that he's trying to establish. That was the first thing that he launched into before any questions was asked. He sat down and talked about the patience that this team has been able to show while trying to get themselves together defensively, and they're not where he wants them to be he's not where they expect themselves to be but they're a lot further along than they were at the beginning of the season they're a lot further along than they were 5 games into the season and we have seen that you know evidence of that over the last 5 games where they're now 4 and 1 he also didn't didn't specifically say it but i i think i can form my own conclusions here on this because i asked about Yogi Ferrell i'm a big fan of Yogi Ferrell I think he could be a great contributor to this team, but it sounded like and you guys tell me if you think that I'm wrong on this. He fa- favors Corey Joseph over Yogi Farrell uh, because he noted, "Yo, Yogi's ready because he's gotten plenty of DNP so far this season. Uh, we've seen quite a bit of run where or quite a bit of games where Yogi Farrell hasn't gotten any run." And I was certain that would change in a major major way today with the absence of DeAaron Fox. And it didn't change quite as drastically as I thought it would, though he did play, you know, you know, minutes into the teens. But it sounded like uh, he favors Corey Joseph over Yogi Ferrell because of the type of defender Corey Joseph is. Now you could correct me if I'm wrong if, on that, or if you have a different interpretation. And I know I don't throw out this number enough, but if you want to interact with the with the podcast here, you can 24 uh, seven. It's our text line. It comes right directly to me. I'll be the one responding to you. Nine one six eight eight eight. 5898 again that's nine one six eight 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 fifty eight ninety eight. before we continue quick shameless plug here uh make sure you subscribe to the podcast particularly on apple podcast or any podcast platform that you listen to this on and allows you to rate and review it hitting the five stars there on apple podcast uh, takes exactly like a split second uh, you want to leave a review or rating uh, that, that takes about 60 seconds 60 to 90 seconds it would be awesome if you left this one uh, but the ratings are really important to us. We would greatly appreciate it if you're able to leave those. A uh, quick programming note, Friday night, the Sacramento Kings will take on the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles. Uh, that will be a slightly later than normal start. That'll be a 7.30 start, so the podcast will be pushed back just a little bit. But as soon as it's over, of course, uh, we will bring you your Sacramento Kings podcast. Coming up on Sunday, uh, and I will remind you of this on Friday, Come up on coming up on Sunday, the Sacramento Kings will take on arguably – Uh, perhaps not even arguably the best team in the National Basketball Association, Uh, certainly the best coach team in the National Basketball Association, the Boston Celtics. Uh, I will not be doing a post-game show following that afternoon game. I'm going to be at that game. Uh, A ton of family and friends are going to be at that game as well. Uh, If you know, you know. Uh, If you don't, uh, we'll be back uh, with the Sacramento Kings podcast. Uh, I think it's Tuesday uh, when the Kings are back in action, So just a couple of quick notes uh, there as we roll along. Kings get the win 107 to 99. As we headed into the fourth quarter, you know, this was, this was, I mentioned that the, the game was really difficult to watch, particularly there through the first half. It got significantly better uh, there in the third quarter where it felt like the pace picked up for the Sacramento Kings. And, and, and uh, we saw that the defense that they kind of threw out there against Portland and the, the fourth quarter was crazy because it, it kind of just kept going back and forth. They were trading baskets. They were trading missed shots. They were trading turnovers. And then, it was, like, somewhere around the five-minute mark, it was like, yo, they're going to win this game. Like, that run from Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum, it's not coming this time. Of course, Portland then went on an 11-2 to run. And I was already preparing my apology to Kings fans everywhere for uh putting the old jinx on them. Uh but then Belly hit a big three to slow things down. And then it kind of went back to just trading baskets, just kind of going back and forth. And as c- close as Portland got there in those final minutes, I think they got within six. I never felt like the Kings they they have full control over this game. They were hitting baskets. Uh they were hitting timely baskets uh, as the games uh, as the game winded down there, and you look at a couple of other things, you heard Jason Anderson bringing up the rebound differential in the third quarter. The Kings won the rebounding battle overall, forty six to forty. They were plus six in that mark. They had twenty four assists today on thirty eight made baskets. Not bad for a team who was playing without their starting starting point guard. Uh, we've praised Bogey, and I think uh, Katie Christensen, or excuse me, Katie Hunter, brought this up. Uh, as she was talking to coach just a moment ago, you know, bogey's points were awfully nice. He had the 25 points, but it was the 10 assist that really made things click uh, for the Sacramento Kings rebounding. Again, we touched on that a great night from Rashawn Holmes. How did we get this far into the podcast and not mention the legend, uh, the guy who's going to get a statue outside the golden one center? How have we not mentioned Rashawn Holmes, his 31 minutes, five of six shooting, uh, 10 rebounds for Rashawn Holmes. Um, and eleven points as well. Uh, so the Kings, they you know they, they 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 get they get money from their from from their big dogs and Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, they get a little money from Nemanja Bialica as well. Uh, Harrison Barnes stepped up offensively. The Kings did a lot of things right. And man, as I sit here and I watch the Kings night after night, and I talk about them on these various podcasts, I do. I could tell you, ten games into the season here. With the Sacramento Kings at four and six. Here's the one thing that I can tell you about this team. I have absolutely no clue if they're good or not. I'm not willing to say that they're bad. I'm completely unwilling to say that they're bad. But I'm not willing to say that they're good. I cannot figure this team out. And I think part of that, part of that's my fault. And if you're in the same boat as me, I I think part of that is our fault. And it's because... We were sold a bill of goods on what we expected this team to look like this season. We were basically expecting this team to carry over everything that they did last year into this year and just be better on other fronts. We expected Marvin Bagley to be better. Obviously, we haven't even gotten, really, to see him this year. Uh, We thought De'Aaron would take another step, but he just got his contract. He's going to be happy. He's going to be going Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off that amazing World Cup. We were all kind of expecting something that we, we haven't seen, but yet the Team is still four and six, and I don't know what we thought they would be ten games into the season. But I know I didn't think they would be four and six after they started zero oh and five. And day after day after day, game after game after game, I've tried to form an opinion on this team, and even after games like this, I'm stuck on I don't know. I don't know what the Kings are, and it's amazing. Like it's amazing that they're winning a game. This game was a virtual slugfest. And I don't mean a slugfest like a boxer. I mean like two slugs like on the street and you just try not to step on them. Like that's what this game was. But they won. They won at the Golden 1 Center. They beat a team that they lost to a couple of weeks ago. And now they're 4 and 6. They got a really difficult, you know, it you don't want to, you know, Luke Walton said they the trailblazers are a lot better than their record says they are. Uh, well, I know that the Lakers record uh, is really good and they are very good and they are a tremendous uh, defensive team. I'm going to break down uh, what the Los Angeles Lakers are defensively and how it's going to cause problems for the Sacramento Kings tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling. So if you want to check that out, go do that. But the, the Los Angeles Lakers made a commitment to defense this offseason, and every major statistic so far uh, into their season has said uh, they have lived up to that. They're also 10 games into their season. They're 8-2. and two. That game coming up on Friday is at the Staples Center. The Los Angeles Lakers were able to beat the Phoenix Suns. That was a really entertaining game as the Phoenix Suns obviously much improved as they go to six and four on the season, but another good night from uh, from Anthony Davis, another good night from Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, uh, nineteen and eleven for him. Uh, Devin Booker had twenty one, Ricky Rubio had twenty one, uh, so the Phoenix Suns continue to play well, but the Lakers are able to get their win. Uh, that's the next opponent for the Sacramento Kings on the schedule. A couple of other notes here around the NBA: big night from Trey Young. the Atlanta Hawks were able to beat the Denver Nuggets in Denver, 125 to 121. Trey Young, uh, 13 of 21, 42 points uh, for Trey Young. Miami gets a win over Detroit. Philadelphia squeaks one by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Pacers beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Utah over Brooklyn. So just a couple of other notes there. From around the NBA, appreciate you so much as always for tuning in. Send your thoughts on the Kings. Are the Kings good? Is it is it to be determined? Are they bad? I, they're not bad, right? You can't win. You can't win four or five and be bad. Of course, they started zero five. I, I, I'm telling you, man. I don't know what to make of this team. They they are baffling. And again, part of that is my fault because I think I'm I'm still expecting to see. I wonder if the four and six would feel different. Right. You, you could play out the scenarios exactly the same. But what if, you know, in their four wins, you know, the, instead of 107 to 99, it's 130 to 120? Like, are we feeling differently about the Kings? Are we thinking something differently about the Kings? I mean, and it's pretty amazing. First of all, it needs to be committed that these guys, that the Sacramento Kings went out there and they beat the Portland Trailblazers without De'Aaron Fox and without Marvin Bagley. And they're going to have to do that a lot. They're going to have that's what, to keep their head above water. You're going to have to hear the phrase that the Sacramento Kings won without De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley quite a bit, at least uh, I would imagine for another two weeks or so. Uh, but the Kings get the win tonight at the Golden 1 Center. We will be back on Friday uh, a little bit later than normal. Again, it's a 7.30 start there in Los Angeles. But the Kings move to 4-6, the Portland Trailblazers move to four and seven big nights from Bogdan Bogdanovich, Nemanja Bielitsa, buddy healed. And matter of fact, everybody chipped in a great team win uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Appreciate you as always for tuning in here to the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by hoop ball and the hoop ball podcast network. If you are into fantasy basketball, make sure you check out the daily fantasy podcast presented by hoop ball. Uh, make sure you head over to hoop dash ball.com for all your basketball info, uh, daily sports talk, the podcast with Damian Barling, Uh, rate, review the show, do all that good stuff. It's the last couple of seconds. I'm just chilling for everything. Thank you as always for being a part of the show. We'll see you here Friday night. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to
1: soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.